Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us, and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Well, we're right in the middle of the series um, called Hope Rises, Hope Rises. I love the song selection today. Everything was about hope rising and being alive and, and really uh, knowing that God has promises for us. And as we read last week in 2 Corinthians 2, or 2 Corinthians, I'm sorry, it says that all of the promises of God are yes and amen. In other words, God promises to keep his promises. God promises to keep his promises. And God promises hope for our future. He promises a good outcome, a successful outcome. Here's the promise in Jeremiah 29, 11. God says, for I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not harm or disaster, but they are plans to give you a future and a hope. Hope is defined an expected outcome of good. I love that. In other words, an optimistic view of the future. God wants to give us an optimistic view of our future. And so we learned last week that in order to have hope, in order for hope to rise, in order to see a good outcome, God needs to uncover or he needs to remove the barrier to that hope. And he desires to remove the blinders to our future. This future filled with great expectations. God wants to get vision to you today. But the question is, can he get vision through you? He wants to get vision to you, but can he get vision through you? So as we allow God to remove this barrier, he quickly gets through us and brings us to recovery mode. This week, we'll talk about the God of the recover. Last week, it was God of the uncover. Now it's God of the recover. And I noticed that God quickly goes to work to rebuild and restore after a time of struggle. He desires to bring us into times of refreshing, times of renewing. And I believe right now, this is where God is leading us, a season of recovery in the natural and in the spiritual. And I believe that we will see recovery of our community, our economy, and our identity. Those are three powerful things I think God promises. And this is a really good thing, a great promise. Because God knows that we need to recover to take hold of our future and to impact the world around us for Jesus. So recovery is the next phase of this prophetic timeline. And in God's plan, there is always a recovery, a restoration to a natural state, a rebuilding or a renovation following a time of pressure. And here's that recovery verse. I want you to hear three things out of this verse. It's a common theme. Zephaniah 3.20. He says, on that day, I will gather you and bring you home again. And I'll give you a good name, a name of distinction among all the nations of the earth. 
as I restore your fortunes before their very eyes, I, the Lord, have spoken. Did you hear that? God recovers community, he recovers identity, and he recovers economy. Look at it again, Zephaniah 3.20. On that day, I will gather you together and bring you home again. Community, I'll give you a good name, a name of distinction, identity, among all the nations of the earth. As I restore your fortunes before their very eyes, economy. And he recovers hope. God is the God of recover. I'll say it like this. He's the God of get back. Get back what the enemy stole from you. Get back what you gave up. Get back the prodigal son. Get back the lost sheep. Get back your family. Get back your identity. Get back your hope. He's the God of get back. I think the Beatles had it right. Get back, get back, get back to where you once belonged. See, that's God's heart. That is God's very nature, and he will never change. He's the God of get back. Here's his heart again, Isaiah 58, 11 through 12. The Lord will guide you continually, giving you water when you are dry and restoring your strength. Emily just spoke about it. You will be a well-watered garden like an ever-flowing spring. Some of you will rebuild the deserted ruins of your cities. Then you will be known as a rebuilder of walls and a restorer of homes. What a promise. I love that. And I love it that it says, and some of you will recover, rebuild restore the lives of others. Some of you will be great influencers in your city, in your community. God will promote you to rebuild your surroundings. He will give you special favor, wisdom, and ability to accomplish this. You will rebuild. Now back to God again. We know that he recovers the sight to the blind. He recovers your health from sickness. He recovers your mental state, your strength, your soul. He recovers your identity. He recovers your economy. Recovery is his very nature. God is the God of recover or God is the God of get back. Say it. Say he's the God of get back. Further proof young boy who throws himself in the fire. The family is distraught. They want their son, brother back. Jesus comes along and delivers him and recovers him to his natural states. How about the man possessed by a thousand demons? He lived a self-destructive life. He was all alone. He was locked up. He was a threat to others, but Jesus comes his way and recovers him. And look at this verse, Mark 5, 15, about that same man. A crowd soon gathered around Jesus and they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. He was sitting there fully clothed and perfectly sane, and they're all afraid. 
That's what God does when he recovers, when he brings someone back, when he delivers them, when he sets them free. People look and they think, oh my goodness, what just happened? They say, I wonder what that was, and that proves that signs and wonders follow those who believe because we say, I wonder what that was. Jesus relates the kingdom of heaven to his truth of recovery, a lost coin, a lost sheep, and a lost son. In other words, recovery is the core of the kingdom. And by the way, they all got it back. The coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son, they got it back. They all recovered because God is the God of get back. Isaiah 61.4, they, you, will rebuild the ancient ruins, repairing cities destroyed long ago. They will revive them even though they've been deserted for many generations. You get my point. You can see this promise of recovery all through the Bible. God promises to re-strengthen, reshape, reform, reset, refresh, recover. God is a God of get back, and that should give us great hope today. So let's embrace the God of recover. Let's embrace recovery so, so that we can have hope again so that we can obtain the good future that God promises. Hope is recovered and hope rises. So allow me for a moment to lead you to this greater hope. Let me take you to the place where recovery happens. It's found in Jeremiah 18. The place is called the potter's house. The potter's house. Let me give you a lead in to these few verses I'm going to talk about in a moment. Here's a common theme God's kids make some poor decisions and walk in stubborn ways. The nation of Israel had again turned their backs on God. They walked away from Him and were heading for disaster. An entire nation was at the crossroads. So God shows Jeremiah, the prophet, a picture of what he wants to do. God desires to bring them back, to restore them and reshape them into something good, into a people that is pleasing to God because God is a God of get back. So he sends this message to Jeremiah and here it is, Jeremiah 18, one through five. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord Go down to the potter's house, and there I will give you my message. So I, Jeremiah, went down to the potter's house, and I saw him working at the wheel. But the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred or ruined in his hands. So the potter formed it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him, Verse five, then the word of the Lord came to me. See, there's so much truth about recovery happening in just five verses. And not just about recovery, my friends, but a picture of God's mercy. If you hear anything today, hear this. Disaster is never God's intention or outcome for your life. Let me say it again. Disaster is never God's intention or outcome for your life. 
The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life abundantly, so God wants to bless you. But here's what I've come to find out. God never forces his blessing, but he sure does offer it. So he offers Israel a chance to recover. And here's this crossroads moment, this free will choice that every person has, and it's found in Jeremiah 18, 11. Now, therefore, say to the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says, look, disaster is being prepared for you. So turn from your evil ways, each one of you, and reform your ways and your actions. Now, let me just unpack that verse for a few moments with a few words. Listen, it's just like when your child misbehaves. There are consequences. They might have to go to their room, take the phone away, which is absolutely disastrous to a teenager. It was never our intention to do that. It was their choice. Right? So God tells Jeremiah to tell the people, I have a solution. Come to the potter's house and we can turn this thing around. You won't need to go to your room. I won't have to take your phone away. Come to my house and I'll fix this. I'll fix you because God is the God of get back. Get back your hope. But in order to get it back, we gotta recover these truths. Hope rises in his house. Hope rises in his house. Say, in his house. The potter's house represents the very presence of God, closeness to God, intimacy with God. He's there in his house. And those who have called on Jesus, given their lives to him, our bodies are now his house, his temple, our hearts. It's there in our hearts he will reshape. It's there that he will reform, rework, and rebuild. Please do not attempt to DIY it. Do it yourself. It won't work. So God says, just come over to my house and I'll take care of everything. Jeremiah 18.2, go down to the potter's house and there I'll give you my message. The potter's house is the place where God's presence lives and the potter's house is the place where you are loved. In his house, there's fullness of joy. In his house, there's forgiveness, there's peace, there's love, there's protection in his house. It's there in God's presence where recovery happens, where transformation occurs. He takes what was broken and brings healing. He takes what was lost and guides us to a safe place. He satisfies the weary there, brings light to the darkness there, and pours out refreshing on the driest, deepest parts of the soul there in his house. So here's the question. Whose house are you in? Are you in the potter's house? 
or some other house. See, if you're not in his house, just simply take a U-turn and get back there. It's really simple. Get back into his presence. You can just do this. You can lift up your hands and give him your heart. And his presence will fill your heart and home. Those simple actions of, Lord, I welcome you into my home. Because before you drive back into your future, you gotta make a pit stop at the potter's house into his presence. Can you imagine living free from fear, shame, worry, do you believe that God can heal your soul and restore your joy? Can you imagine a peace that passes all of your human understanding? It is available in his presence, in his house. I wanna compel you to that place to experience the real results and proof of being with God face to face, to see hope recovered, to see hope rise. See, I believe with all my heart that your future begins in his house. There, he will change you, your marriage, your children, your family, your sphere of influence, your community, your economy, your identity, your city. It's time for the church to seek God like never before. It's time to draw close so that the world sees and experiences the difference. It's time to go to the potter's house. So hope is recovered in his house, we see. Hope rises in his house. And hope rises on our knees. God gives Jeremiah a clue to recovery, a pathway to hope. So he gives him a picture of humility with one word, the word down. I think this word is significant. I think God is speaking clearly. Look at this, Jeremiah 18, two and three. Go down to the potter's house. It's there I will give you my message. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. That's where the potter's house is, down. We all think that going up is the key to kingdom success. But it's going down that makes you go up in God's world. It's being servant of all that makes you Greatest of all. In other words, hope rises on our knees in humility. Saying, I'm sorry and saying I need you. Isn't that how we propose, guys? On our knees? You know what we're really saying we do that? Please have mercy. <laughs> Please have mercy. Man, I hope she says yes because she could have crushed me if she wanted to by just even waiting, waiting and waiting for me to hear the answer. You know, my experience was a little different, to say the least. It wasn't, there wasn't much humility, there was a lot of comedy. And I remember the day that I, I, I proposed to Emily, I couldn't wait, and I wasn't, there wasn't fancy, I just had this ring box with this beautiful ring, and I was coming back from work in my dress shirt and tie, and I didn't have a place to hide it, so I stuck it inside my shirt. It was kind of baggy. Those are the, the baggy shirts in the 80s, 90s. 
Um, and so I put it in my shirt and then I went up to her. She was just, I remember just seated on the couch and I went up to her and I, and I, I reached into my shirt to grab the ring. And she's sitting there and I, was, I couldn't get it out because once you grab it and your hand gets bigger and I'm trying to pull it out of my shirt and it looked like I had a rash and I'm just r- scratching myself. And I remember her face, she was so perplexed. You know, like, what is happening here? And I'm just like trying to pull it out. If you remember that. And finally I was smart enough to open my button. You know, I'm not sure if she was thinking there. I was taking my shirt off and I pulled the ring out after all that. And fortunately, though, she said yes, got to my knee, she said yes. See, I believe on our knees is the key to our future. Humility is the doorway to hope. And it's there you will hear God. Look at Jeremiah 18.2. Go down to the potter's house, and there I'll give you my message. And it is there you will see God. Jeremiah 18.3. So I went down to the potter's house and I saw him working at the wheel. Now I'm not talking about seeing God face to face like we would see you face to face. And the Bible says that no one's ever seen God in that way. But, but I believe that we can get glimpses and we can we can experience his presence in, in, in a way by faith. We can, we can know that we see him through people in, in nature. We can see God working, but it happens on our knees. See, if you want to hear his voice and see his face and experience him, it happens in his presence on our knees. I also believe there's a language when we're on our knees. It's, it's this. The, on our knees simply says this. I am broken Will you fix me? Isn't that what God is telling an entire nation? They were marred. They needed fixing. They needed recovery. Jeremiah 18.4 says this, but the pot he was shaping from the clay was marred in his hands. So the potter had a solution. He wanted to form it into another pot, shaping it as seemed best to him. The pot was ruined. It was deformed. The pot was ashamed. You know, that word ashamed is a a powerful word because it means disfigured or not whole. Whenever a person struggles with shame, it just means that they're, they're not quite whole and God wants you whole. He wants to make you free and whole. But in this case, the nation was morally corrupt. They were stiff necked and stubborn. But that's not how they came off the production line. God made them wonderfully and exquisitely. He created them with purpose and destiny. And he created them with humility. But like I said, they made some wrong decisions. They went their own way. But God offers recovery because God is the God of get back. Get back hope with humility on their knees. See, maybe you've been marred, wounded, ruined, injured, even corrupted. That happens in life. We lose our way. We go our own way. We go Frank Sinatra's way. I did it my way. So God directs us back home to heal us, to fix us, to reshape us. No worries. God says, I've got the solution. Just fall to your knees. 
Hope is recovered on our knees and hope rises in his hands. Here we go. This is kind of the, 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 this middle part of this message where it says God wants to get his hands on us, not in a way that you think to hurt you or harm you. He wants to get his hands to reform you and recover you. The process is not necessarily a fun process, but it is the necessary process in order to move into the good future God has in store. If you've ever worked with clay on a potter's wheel, you understand what I mean. You'll understand this verse, these verses. Put yourself in the clay's shoes for a minute. You press the clay. You poke the clay. You spin the clay round and round and round and Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, April, May. I mean, you're round and round and all of a sudden, the clay stops. But then all of a sudden, you start spinning again and round and round and round and you say to yourself, the clay says, when will this end? I've thought that <laughs> at times, right? When's this gonna end? It's normal, it's human, but remember, God's not teasing us, he's squeezing us in his hands. He's squeezing out prayers, squeezing out purpose, and squeezing out passion, and those three gifts are created in his hands. Purpose, prayer, and passion are only created in his hands. Isaiah 64, eight. And yet, O oh Lord, you are our father. We are the clay and you are the potter. We are all formed by your hand. See, he's a father in the house. He's not just some random worker. He is the one reshaping us. And you and I wouldn't want anybody else. I promise you, he will not be rough with you. He's a good, good father. He is tender and compassionate, full of mercy and grace and love. This is who he is. We sang about it. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. That's his very core. So you can, you can give him yourself into his hands and let him give you a little squeeze. Just enough pressure to let you know that he is God and you are loved. Hope will rise in his hands and hope will rise in his time. It just seems like in his hand and in his time are two of those areas where like, I don't know if I like this, but I'm glad that God doesn't take us right into the promised land too early before character is rebuilt, before he finishes a perfect work where we are complete and lacking nothing like it says in James. I call that the sweet spot, right in the eye of the hurricane. Trouble all around you, but no trouble in you. See, that happens when we trust his timing. 
I've said it before, but we live in a microwave society, but we serve a crockpot God. Things taste way better in the crockpot. He likes to wait for the perfect time in order for our strength and character to be built or reformed or reshaped. See, charisma will get you there, but character will keep you there. I'll say it again. Charisma will get you there, but character will keep you there. And recovery time is all about character forming time. Say that again. Recovery time is character forming time so that we can handle the future blessing. Because a gift given too early is not always the best gift. Proverbs 20, 21. An inheritance obtained too early in life is not a blessing in the end. So we can trust his timing. Don't jump off the wheel. He's about to rebuild you. He's going to restore you and to revive you to a natural state. And even something better. That's next week. Don't miss it. 1 Peter 5.10. In his kindness, God called you to share in his eternal glory by means of Christ Jesus. Now check this out. So after you have suffered a little while, he will restore, he will support you, he will strengthen you, and he will place you on a firm foundation. So hope is recovered and rises in his time. So don't take the wheel, just stay on the wheel. The potter's wheel. Hope rises in his time. And lastly, hope rises with a prayer. I can't tell you how important this last point is with a prayer. Hope is connected with prayer. Our future hinges on prayer. God wants to supply all of our needs through prayer. Jesus even said this, ask anything in my name and I will do it so that my father gets the glory. Man, what a promise. Why is it so hard to pray when we have a father who delights in giving us the kingdom? I believe hope rises with a prayer. As we finish, here's that staple verse again, and then a sum, Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, because a little more context. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, they are plans for good and not disaster to give you a future and a hope in those days, these days right now, when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me and I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I, where I sent you and bring you home again to your land. Remember, God is, is, is recovering uh, community, identity, and recovery. See, in those days, in these days, right now, when you pray, not much, not much happens without prayer, so when you pray. We all have different definitions of prayer, but prayer really is about relationship. It's personal. It's humbly communicating with God, listening to him and talking and knowing about him and believing that he hears us, loves us, and will respond to us. So can we give God a moment of prayer? 
Can we just give him more moments of prayer? Because God wants to answer our prayer. Prayers. I love what Paul said. You know, this is such a great verse in Philippians 4, 6. Paul writes this in the middle of a very, very dark time. He's trapped, confined in a prison cell. Philippians 4, 6 says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. In other words, Paul is giving us something to do right now. He says, he said, just don't just stop worrying. Start praying. See, a lot of people, a lot of people struggle with just not worrying, but they forget that, no, no, Paul's saying, no, pray. Start praying now. Take a moment and pray. Because in those days, in these days, when you pray, I'm gonna listen. Because it is the moment of prayer that starts the process to change your situation that leads to hope. And the moment of prayer that changes things builds the momentum of prayer that changes things even more. So keep praying. Schedule moments of prayer to create the momentum of prayer. So why not pray? Hope rises with a prayer. Hope rises in his house, on our knees, in his hand, in his time, with a prayer. All of that in just five verses in Jeremiah 18. But let me just finish with this short little moment. Only 12 chapters later, all of a sudden, you see even more hope in the narrative. God pulls Jeremiah aside and gives him great news. He says, hey, Jerry, go tell my kids this in Jeremiah 31 through three. The Lord gave another message to Jeremiah and said, this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, write down for the record everything I said to you, Jeremiah, for the time is coming when I will restore the fortunes of my people, Israel and Judah. I will bring them home to this land that I gave to their ancestors and they will possess it again. I, the Lord, have spoken. And then he says, Jerry, tell him this in Jeremiah 31, 4. I will rebuild you, my virgin Israel. You will again be happy and dance merrily with your tambourines. God is a God of get back. So I say, get back your happy. Get back your happy dance. Get back your hope. I realize it's not easy. We gotta trust. We get poked. We get squeezed. We get put in the fire. We get shellacked. That's what happens with a clay pot. But when you come out, you look marvelous. And you know you are loved. Hope rises. Hope rises. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you that hope rises today, God. In homes, wherever people are at, God, that hope rises, that we are believing, God, today that you're a God of recovery. You're the God of get back. You won't leave us empty handed. You won't leave us struggling and isolated, God. You have a plan and a purpose to get us through and come out even better than before, God. That's your plan, God. And out of this time, you're gonna raise up restores and rebuilders and reformers of other people's lives, Lord God. 
We thank you for that. So God, we give this day to you and we say, Lord, let hope rise in all of our hearts. Let us begin to see our future in an optimistic way because you promised it. And all of your promises are yes and amen. And I wanna give you a chance listening here today that if you've never given your heart to Jesus, today is the day of salvation. Harden not your hearts. Open up your life. Open up your heart because your destiny begins with Jesus. Your destiny, your future starts with him. And if you've never done that, I wanna just walk you through a very simple, short phrase three times that gives Jesus access to your life and heart. And it goes like this. Repeat after me. Jesus, come into my heart. Jesus, come into my heart. And Jesus, come into my heart. And I believe and know that if you prayed that prayer, God came and made his home in your hearts. And now the presence of God lives in you. And I say, don't stop. Read the word. Turn on some praise songs. Lift up your hands and thank God and he'll grow you day by day. If you gave your heart to Jesus for the first time, I'd love to get to know you. Will you do, do me a favor? Would you text RLC SAVED to 97000? I just wanna get to know you and help you in your journey, help support you. That's RLC SAVED to 97000. And would you please also join us this week for the various live streams that we have. Um, all week we do different things, teachings and uh, prayer and worship, and you can grow so fast by just getting online with us in our live streams. We just wanna say, God bless you, we love you, and remember, stay careful, but stay extremely hopeful. God bless you guys. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.